Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Well, praise the Lord, glory to God. Tonight I want to talk to you about walking in authority and seeing what you need to be looking at in proper perspective. I want you to look with me at uh, the Passion Translation. We're going to go 2 Corinthians 10, 2. 2 Corinthians 10 and 2. We're going to read a couple of scriptures there, about six of them. And uh, I want you to see this because uh, this, is, this is just really good. It says, now I plead with you that when I come, don't force me to take a hard line with you. He's talking about his writings, which I'm willing to do by daring to confront those who mistaken believe that we are living by the standards of the world and not by the Spirit's wisdom and power. Now, right? We don't live by the world standard. We live by a different standard. You guys know that. For although, he's trying to explain now, he's basically saying in verse 1, hey, let's pay attention. Well, verse 2, you know what I'm saying? Hey, let's pay attention that I understand And you must understand, you are living a spiritual life, and what you're seeing right now in life is not the standard we're supposed to live by. We live by God's standards, not the earth standard, so we're focused on the fact that we're going to walk God's standard of living each and every day, okay, by wisdom and power of God. Okay, I got it. For although we live in the natural realm, we do not wage a military campaign employing right? Human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims, right? Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. So he's saying, hey, we use spiritual weapons to overcome the enemy's assignment. Look what he says here. We demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose to complete disobedience. And what is the obedience? Capturing every thought, okay? So here, here, um, here's a big win, all right? Now, this is why I want you to see this. I, I figured something out here, and I want to convey it to you. That's why it's so important you share this stuff. Thank you for doing that, by the way. The enemy uses imagination, suggestion, thoughts, ideas, suggestion, imagine, thinking, okay? And one of the secrets of his temptation to you is in the realm of thought. So he's coming at your mind. Well, if that promise is coming to pass, why is this going on? If God really heard you, why is this happening? If God really is going to do what you said he's going to do, 
Why are you going through this? If God really healed your body, why do you feel like that? If God really restored your life, why are you looking at that? If God did really promise, what? There's a lot of that stuff going on. And I, 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 I want to just give you this perspective. After you've grabbed that thought and you've refused it, I want you to almost stop the fight because you won. Now I just want you to refocus. Now, I'm going to explain this very clear because I think this is one of the things that happens. The enemy kind of masquerades with this smoke screen and gives persistent thought to try to take your attention from going forward. So what he does is this. You know you got victory. You know you got dominion. You know you got the power. You know you got the anointing. You know you got authority. And then you deal with these thoughts, and then you deal with it, right? I bind it. I cast it down. Now, every thought connected to a promise, what you're walking through, pain, healing, restoration, whatever it is, and then what does he do? He keeps coming with these thoughts and basically trying to destroy your focus and, and, and get you to stop, or basically to stop, or taking your eyes off the promise and off the authority and put it in this consistent, repetitive place of battle. Well, the battle's been won once and for all. I want you to put the battle to bed and refocus after you release your authority. Okay? All right? Because once you resist it in faith, even if it persists, you win. Now, that's big, man. So it's got to almost become a done deal, even though it's like a smoke screen, keep coming in at your head. Resist the enemy. Now, he didn't say when you resist the enemy, the, the thinking's going to stop. He said resist these things that come, these temptations of the mind. He didn't say the minute you use your authority, it's going to go away. He didn't say, and it's going to change, but the key to overcoming all this sometimes is this, is stop looking at it once you dealt with it and go focus someplace else. Otherwise, it tries to grab your attention. Man, I had people doing this. This was really cool, right? It was like they were going through a battle, and I felt like, it, they needed to go spend like all this time with God to function, to go face the day. And I was like, that's not right. Now, I don't say that in a wrong way. If you got to pray three hours to go face the enemy today, that's unrealistic. So what I want you to do is I want you to deal with it once and for all in faith. Resist the devil. He will flee. It's because he's barking. Doesn't, he ain't got no bite. You deal with it in the spirit and then focus on something else. Stop focusing on what's in front of you sometimes because it's robbing your attention and it's creating worry and care and fear and fret. If it gets your attention, it's got you.
Stay with your mind on God. He will keep you in perfect peace. Right? That's what, what now watch this. What does Philippians 4 say? Y'all know what Philippians 4 says. 4 6. You can put it in King James. You got to change your mind. It's the key to change. Okay? If you only focus on what you see, we're going to have problems. Okay? You got to focus on godly things. It'll pull us in a godly, whatever you focus on got your attention. Whatever's got your attention's got you. You know? Once your mind gets hooked, your feelings kick in. And you start acting on it. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Got it? And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Okay, I like it. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are, he says, deal with it in prayer, and then think on these things. Is what you're thinking upon true? Is what you're thinking upon honest? Is what you're thinking upon just? Is whatever you're thinking about pure, lovely, good report, virtue, praise, think on these things. I'm telling you, you got you to start asking yourself the question. Because if you don't, let me tell you what you're going to do. You're going to get jacked up because your focus is going to messed up. And you know, he says, don't be anxious for anything. Be like, be like the rest of your brethren, focus. What's real, authentic, focus on these things. Okay? Capture every thought and make it obey Christ. Now, I'm going to tell you right here and now, that's the discipline. Well, I don't know where my thoughts are coming from. You better get thought identification because if you do not have thought identification, you're going to have problems. I don't know where this came from. This is how I feel. You cannot let the voice of your feelings ever control the moods of your life. Can't do it. The thing is this, most people are not very good at capturing every thought and turning it over to Christ. That takes practice, man. So people got to understand, you can't always control circumstances, right? You can't always control feelings. You can't over control people. You can't over control just drama, all this stuff in life. So what do I got to do? I got to learn how to be in control of my thoughts because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's a big one, man. Think on these things. But I'll tell you what you can do. You can control what you think about. You can't. So say like this, external stuff, right? People are going to be goofy, 
People are going to act weird. People are going to hate you. People are going to love you. People are going to be people. Circumstances are going to show up. Battles are going to show up. All this outward stuff is going to show up. It ain't no doubt in my mind, right? Good, up, down, grief, sad, happy, mad, glad, this, that, bing, bong, boom, done, all of it. But I'm in control of one thing, what I think about it. So you can control your, control your thinking. That's why it's always a choice what you decide. And if you change the way you think, it'll change the way you feel. And that'll change the way you act. Changing your mind is going to change your life. Look what it says in James 4 and 6, passion. I like it. And y'all know what this says. But he continues to pour out, because we said God resists the proud but gives more grace to the humble. But he continues to pour out more and more grace upon us for it says, God resists you when you are proud, but continually pours out grace when you are what? Humble. Humble. Everybody say humble. So then surrender to God, stand up to the devil and resist him, and he will turn and run away from you. Move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come even closer to you. But make sure you cleanse your hands, you sinners, and keep your heart and stop doubting. Keep your heart pure, stop doubting. Look at verse 7 one more time, though. What's it say to do? Look at that right there. Surrender to God. Stand up to the devil. Resist him, and he will turn away from you and run. So listen, it tells you to do what? Resist the devil and he will what? Flee. Now, when you start thinking about that, what do you mean resist the devil and he will flee? How in heaven do you resist the devil and he will flee? Well, you resist them when it comes to the word of God. You got to ask yourself, does the, what I'm hearing line up with the word of God? You got that? So this is how... People don't realize this. Like, you think he's going to come running down the street and go, I'm the devil, I'm the devil? No. You got to understand this, man. I think this is so huge. So let's just go through a couple of these because I think they can help you. How do you resist the devil and cause him to flee? As Christians, we face these spiritual battles every day. We got an enemy. He hates you. Okay? This enemy... He just, he wants to wear you down, man. So this joker is just not going to stop um, until you get out of heaven, okay? So resisting the devil and causing him to flee is, the, is this. We got to ask him, well, what, what doesn't look like God? You know, it says submit to God first. So submitting to God is submitting to the word. So what about your, what you're hearing and seeing doesn't line up to the word of God? You got to get rid of does that make sense? So you got to ask yourself, what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing, does it line up with the Word of God? If it doesn't, resist it. 
Well, how am I going to know how to do that? He told you what to do in James 4.8. He said, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So you got to get close to God. How do you get close to God? You got to get close to his word. Him and his word are one. That's big. And I think that's the big thing because I think sometimes people don't know, well, how do I resist? Well, you got it. You got, here, here's, I wrote this down. I got to find this. Because you got to understand this. Stand against. How, does, how do I stand against the devil? I got an enemy. He, he don't like you. Okay? So this is big. All, all throughout history, Satan has tried to sidetrack the body of Christ. You know that, right? He wants to take your attention off of what God has said to you and he's trying to destroy you through what? Divisionary tactics. He's trying to divide you from the word. So he's trying to get your attention off the word. That's why I said, put him in his place and then refocus. That's where most people miss it. They never put him in their place and then they don't refocus. They just keep focusing on the problem and therefore it's robbing your joy, it's robbing your peace, it's robbing your stuff, and it's robbing your attention. Okay? Don't let him deceive you. He's tricky. Okay? But we, we understand. That's why we go to church on Wednesday. Right? It's, he uses the diversionary tactics to stop you from walking with God from stopping you from seeing God, right? So every Christian has to stand against this. That's what he told you. So you must come to the complete and absolute decision that you are victorious, okay? One of these, these are some of the major keys. You're not trying to win. You already won. That is the biggest problem I deal with sometimes with people like, wait, we're trying to get it. No, you already got it. And then just stop. Stop trying to win. You already won. Just stand in your victory, does that make sense? Like, you are victorious. It don't look like I'm victorious. Doesn't make a difference. You are victorious. There's nothing else to do besides stand and see. God already won. You're not going to lose. Okay? So you must come to the complete and absolute decision that you're already victorious. The victory is yours. The battle is the Lord's. You got to settle that. He already won the battle. Okay? You're going to have to meditate in that. I am victorious. Stay in the word. I'm going to tell you, some of these people get in this like, I was reading something, they think, oh, do this. Man, I am not. Man, Wigglesworth, um, Smith Wigglesworth, uh, something, uh, I remember reading one of his books. I don't know if he got a faith book or something like that. Brother Hagin was talking about it one time. And he said, Wigglesworth, he had to go, there was a lady and um, she had to take the bus. You know what I mean? Back then, the transportation, they took the bus. And she said, uh, he said, this little lady she was all sweet, and her little dog followed her from the house. And, you know, she got to the bus, and before the bus came, you know, she just, she wanted, you know, she had to get on the bus sooner or later, and she told the little dog, she's like, hey, little, you know, hey, buddy, you know, go home, time for you to go home. And the little dog just kind of went and came back and forth, you know. And after two times, and then three, third time, she seen the, the bus coming, and she knew, man, he got to go home now, man, because I'm getting on this bus. And she said, she, she yelled at him, she's like, Hey, you got to go home now. And he took off. And Wigglesworth seen it and said, that's the problem with Christians. You don't use your authority 
And because you don't use your authority, the devil just keeps coming back like this little pest because you didn't put him in his place. Use your authority and bind him and then refocus. All these people want to do all this stuff, proclaim and, you know, listen, man, I'm not down in this. I had this lady and she was going to the church and I got her, I, I said, read um, Believer's Authority. It's one of the best books. Um, Kenneth Hagin, Andrew Womack's book is great. Um, um, uh, Kenyon's got some good stuff, The Name of Jesus. Uh, I mean, Brother Cole, it's out there, guys. You know what I mean? If we don't have it, get the resource. Believer's Authority is huge, right? So I said, read the Believer's Authority. It's not working. This lady, man, I dealt with this lady for years. I said, you're doing something wrong. I got, I got in her face, man. I said, listen, I spent years trying to understand this stuff. I know what I'm talking about. I'm not some novice trying to give you some ideas. I said, let me get you to fast track. I know you still feel it. I know you still see it. But she had like go and pray in tongues every morning for like an hour just to go walk out the door. I understand that to a degree, but you don't have an understanding of your authority yet. Now, listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it didn't take years to develop some of this stuff. Yes, but we were beyond that by then. And I said, you have to get a revelation of your authority. And then once you get a revelation of your authority, I told you what I told you. I'm not going to sit here and quote Psalms 91 all day just to walk out the door. I'm not praying in tongues for three hours just to walk out the door. I told you what I told you, and that's the end of it. You know, that's like even like with demonic activity and all that stuff. It wants to become a hindrance and, you know, kind of grab your attention sometimes. And I'm like, no, I already told you what I told you. I don't need to tell you again. Okay, devil? So you bind the enemy, you rebuke the enemy, and you move forward in understanding what? I'm going to change. I'm going to change my focus. I'm not going to be focused on this all day. Does that make sense? Like, deal with it. You got to deal with it, but then walk out and let's go. People are like, well, you know, I just got to keep doing it. You got to keep doing this. Don't give the enemy no room. Don't open the door. Yeah, I like that one. You got to resist them in the name of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? You get a little problem. How many times, right? Man, you got to, hey, in the name of Jesus, I bind you and go on. I break your power, go on. Moving into things of God. Um, I, I wanted to give you this one thing here. The number one way, maybe you would want to say, is the word. Keep them in the word, man, and don't get yourself out. The devil is full of lies, you know. So, you know, whatever you got going on, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, cast, cast down imaginations and resist the devil and and this is a big one because people don't know what that word means. So let me, let me give you that. That's the thing I want to wrap this up with. Um, the word resist in the Greek is a compound word and it means against as to oppose something. The word means to stand. When placed into one word, forming this one word would say this, stand against or stand in opposite, Right? It, it, it basically demonstrates the attitude of one who is fiercely opposed to something and therefore determines he will do everything within his power to resist it, to stand against it, and to defy its operation. 
by using that word in the book of James, he was basically giving us an aggressively determined stand against the work of the devil. Just, come on, right? You can't just hope the enemy away. You have to resist him. You ever have to resist something? So resist it forcefully. Use your authority. And then what do I do? Change my focus and go. Otherwise, this joker will try to compound your day with nonsense through the imagination. So you have to, don't mind deal, cast down imagination. What are you going to do? I know God's going to move. You got to work on your head while God's living in your heart. You got to just take these principles and push them to the top and start resisting. So resist it, use your authority, stand your ground, and then refocus and when he tries to come back and grab your attention, say, I dealt with that. I'm done. I'm not going back there. I'm not staying here all day in my mind. I'm not going to mind deal for nine hours a day and then try to go back. We've all done it, right? Waste the whole day worried about something. Waste the whole day focused on something we shouldn't be focused on. Waste the whole day goofing around in this mess. And all the while, you got the victory. Come on, amen. Praise God. Let me pray for you tonight. Father, I thank you for each and every person at the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord. You're leading them. You're guiding them. You're helping them. You're taking them for where they are to where they need to be in their authority. This month has taught them so much about who they are biblically, what they can do, how they're going to resist, stand their ground, see the salvation of the Lord. But Father, they stand in victory. They declare who they are in Christ. We think upon the good things. We think upon the things we're supposed to think upon. And we put the enemy in his place. We bind the devil from trying to operate in these people. And we loose God's ability of revelation knowledge to transform them from the inside out. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord, man. Guys, listen, I know you're developing. We've been, it's been a great month. Go back over those scriptures. Look at those scriptures. Remember this, and this is something I wanted to tell you. Revelation knowledge does not come overnight. You have to kind of meditate in it and just look at it and just go, okay, I see it. I have the victory. I'm more than a conqueror. I am to do all things. And understand greater is he that's in me than he's on. Look at those scriptures. Look at those truths. Edify on them. Feed on them. Kind of read them over. Look at them. See them with your eye. Hear them in your ear. Say them out of your mouth. Say them out of your mouth. Say them out of your mouth. Look in your eye. Look in your ear. Look in the eye. Look in your And what do you do? Little by little by little, they will penetrate through light. They will burn the image of who you are. The Bible says, whosoever shall look into the perfect law of liberty... This reflection of the real man will develop in your life and reveal to you who you really are and change your future forever. I promise you, that's how you do it. Take some time to renew your mind and watch your walk in the power and ability to resist the enemy in every area of your life. And I promise you, that's how God's going to do it. He's going to help you. Amen. Praise God. Hey, I'm going to see you Sunday morning, 9 and 1030. I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord. And don't forget this, man. Friends don't let friends go to hell, man. Come on. I've been pushing this and pushing this. Invite somebody, call somebody, pick somebody up, take them to church, hand out the visitor cards, do what we need to do. It's time to get the harvest. Jesus said, look upon the harvest. It's white. It's time to go be the reaper. Amen. 
Go out there, reap the harvest, call somebody today, say, hey man, come to me to church. Maybe it's the person at the coffee shop or a dry cleaner or at a grocery store. Invite somebody, tell somebody, let them know you care because friends don't let their friends go to hell. Come on, man. Get these people saved. Let's do our spot and let's hold down the fort and see Jesus glorified and magnified in the earth. Amen. I love you and I'll see you Sunday. God bless you and bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.